listening to another empowering message from Grace Ginning, pastor of Freedom Center Tauranga. For more information about our church, please visit freedomcenter.nz. So good to be in the house of God. Why don't you stay standing while I just read the Word this morning? I'm not going to keep you long, but we're going we're gonna to hit it hard. We're going to hit it strong, and we're going to believe that God's going to speak. Amen. Amen. I just want to read to you uh, the main scripture for today. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that nobody can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. Why don't you give someone a high five as you sit down and say, we are freedom. We are freedom. Amen. Thank you so much to our amazing worship team. Wow. I don't think we even need a preacher after these worship sets that we've been having. God is moving and doing an amazing thing here. Hallelujah. So we're in week three of our series, We Are Freedom. And this morning, I am going to speak to you. So last, the first week in the opening, Pastor Adam kind of punched through quickly all of the weeks of the series. Um, And then I had the liberty of choosing whichever one I wanted to speak about. So this week, I'm going to be speaking about freedom from religion. Ooh, okay. Freedom from religion is good. And I felt I was a good candidate to speak about this because I grew up in a Christian home. So I grew up in the church. The church was just the everyday thing every single week. I don't think I had a Sunday off in my whole life. Rain, hail or shine, sickness, health, doesn't matter. Just come and we'll pray for you. You don't miss out. You just get here. This is pre-COVID, right? This is pre-COVID. But, you know, you just get here and you just, you're in church. And that was a great strength in my life. That was something that I'm, I'm so blessed that I was raised in the church. I'm so blessed that I didn't have to go out into the world and experience so much of the darkness and the pain that's out there. So I'm very privileged to come from a Christian family. And I'm also very privileged that now my children are growing up in that same blessing and in that same covering as many of our children here are. It's a real, it's a, an incredible thing to be able to raise them in the house of God, isn't it? It's amazing. So my parents were the pastors, if you don't know. There's quite a lot of new people here. So my parents were the pastors of the church that I grew up in. Um, so I was in the fishbowl and the bubble and the pastor's kid and, you know, all the things that we get labeled. Um, so, you know, I grew up and people would say, oh, what, you know, what do you believe, whatever? And I would say, oh, I'm a Christian. And they would say, oh, okay, so you're religious or that's your religion. And I was always taught it's not a religion, it's a faith. We're not religious. This isn't a religion. It's a faith, right? So if you look up religion in the dictionary, it's not a critical word. It means the belief and in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal God or gods. But religion generally in the Bible, it kind of just means you believe in something, right? But I guess within the church, the word religion is, as Pastor Adam described it last week, he said, me in my efforts trying to please God or be acceptable to him. So I'm not saying freedom from religion in the sense that we don't, we're not Christians anymore, but freedom from the need to please God or the need to work to be good enough for Him. Yeah, so when I say freedom of religion today, that's what I'm talking about. Freedom from having to work my way into the good graces of God. Because we just read in Ephesians 2 that it's by grace that you've been saved. It's not about you and it's actually not by your works. Because if it were by your works, then you would be able to boast about it. And you would be able to say, how good am I? Look at what I did, all my good works. And then God wouldn't have the glory and he wouldn't have the credit. So that is religion. And we don't want any part in that, right? So I'm just going to hit a couple of points about religion this morning. So just so we're clear about when I say religion, that's what I mean. So religion is justification by works. It's the need to earn your way 
to pleasing God. It's the need to do certain things and tick things off a list so that you're right. And it's very easy to take something really, really good and make it religious. So it's really good to read the Bible. That's a really good thing to do. You should be doing that every day. I hope you're doing that. It's a powerful thing to do and it's very clear that that's what we should do. But the minute that I think that if I don't read my Bible, that now somehow I'm lesser in the sight of God, I've moved into religion. So I've gone from something good, something wholesome, like prayer or praying in tongues or anything that we do as Christians. The minute that if I don't do that thing, I'm now somehow lesser, that's religion. And we don't need that. We don't want that. And the Bible is so clear. I've got so many verses because there's just so much in the Bible about how you are free from working for righteousness in the sight of God. Every single one of us is made right in the sight of God. So Galatians 3 verse 1 to 3 says, You foolish Galatians, Pastor Adam read this last week, who has bewitched you? Like who has tricked you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit and you are now trying to finish by means of the flesh? So I think if I say to you, hey... You don't need to work to get your salvation. Most of us would say, yeah, okay, yes, yes. Maybe, maybe every now and then I kind of, you know, my thought life gets a little crooked on that. But for the majority, we do believe that. I think that's pretty easy for people to accept. I put my faith in Jesus and that's why I'm saved, right? But I think what is harder and where religion creeps into our lives more is what it takes to get the Spirit, what it takes to get the anointing, what it takes to get the presence of God to show up in something you're doing, in your room, in your house, this is where religion creeps in more. Because there's this undercurrent of, you know, yeah, I got my salvation by faith, but maybe if I just fasted more, then the Spirit would come. Maybe if I just, if I didn't, you know, I just, I don't know, I just, I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get the presence. But you know, that's religion too. You don't have to do anything to get the presence of God in your life. Not a single thing. Not a single thing. You know, God right now, He wants to pour out above and beyond into your life. You don't have to do anything. He is a good Father. And the lie that the enemy is telling you that you somehow have to, you know, oh, they're a bit more spiritual because they do that more or they do that better. He is just trying to take your legs from under you. That is not true. And God is just there like, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to pour my spirit out. I'm ready to overflow into your life in a miraculous way. I'm ready to move in such might. I'm ready to help you speak up and get your family saved. I'm ready to pour the spirit out on you in gifts and power and anointing. He is ready. The only person not ready is you. Because you think if I do X, Y, and Z, then maybe, maybe God will come in a stronger way. Maybe I'll feel it more. Maybe I'll pray and people will get healed. It says by faith. We do all of those things, not by works. Otherwise, we can boast about it. I did this many fasts and I did this and this and I pray this much. And so now God moves. No, you're confused. (laughs) That's not how this works. Now, I feel like we can see this sometimes in real life. And um, we had recently had lockdown. And in this lockdown, my daughter had her eighth birthday. So, you know, it's tough having a birthday in lockdown. It's not an easy thing. We only had like countdown and pack and save. There was no flour to make a cake and just, it was just not great, right? So anyway, I tried to make her a cake that she would love. And I used to have a cake business. So even sharing this now, there's a bit of pride that I've got to deal with in myself because I, this is what I used to do for money. So by nature, I should be good enough at it. Anyway, 
So I want to make her this beautiful birthday cake, right? But they didn't have the right vanilla and then the icing split and it just, it went from bad to worse. And because I had to go to Countdown for her present, she got a pair of slippers and some felts. So it wasn't going that well. The whole birthday was sort of on the back foot. But anyway, I went to Pinterest for inspiration, as you do as a parent. And I want to show you the cake that I tried to make my daughter. It was beautiful. Look at it. Look at it. So beautiful. This is my inspiration. I'm like, I'm going to make this. I can do that, you know. Got the little palette knife. I can do that. Now, I want to show you the cake I actually made my daughter. Oh. Oh, dear. And you know what? I would, I would love to tell you it didn't matter. She loved it anyway. She was so grateful. But that's a lie. She got up the morning of her birthday and she cried. And she said, Mom, I don't like that cake. And so I tried not to cry because I was hurt. And I tried my best. So I ended up scraping. Take it away, please. Can you take it away? <laughs> the point has been made. Thank you. Um, so I tried my best to, you know, make her happy. I scraped off all the icing and redid it in, like, a blue colour that she wanted, and, you know, that was it. But us trying to go to God and say, God, look what I did to earn your favour. Look what I did to earn your spirit and your presence in my life. It's a lot like that cake. Wow. It is not pleasing wow. to God because that cake was not pleasing to my daughter, I can tell you now. And that's what it's like when we say, hey, God, look what I can do. Look how good I can do it. To him, it's like that. It's like, nailed it. No, you didn't. <laughs> we actually don't need to do that. We are acceptable to God just as we are. And your works do nothing to credit you more than any other person. They actually do nothing for you. And we know this so deeply because we see in Matthew chapter 3, it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, so Jesus hadn't really done any ministry, hadn't done anything. As soon as he was baptized, he got up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. Jesus hadn't done any miracles yet. He had done nothing except believe in who God said he was. And God doesn't say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased after he goes into the grave and comes back out again. He doesn't say it after he feeds 5,000 people. He doesn't say it after he goes up to the mountain in solitude and prays. He says it at the very start when all he did was believe. Now you tell me that that isn't on purpose. That is absolutely the intention of God to help us understand you don't have to do anything. You don't. You just have to believe in who he says you are. So we are called to see people as Jesus sees people. Now, my second point, religion is judgment. So when you think, hey, I'm not doing enough, I need to be better, I need to do better, you're passing judgment on yourself. It's judgmental. The problem is, it's one thing to be judgmental on yourself, to think, hey, I'm not good enough, I'm not doing this enough, I can't, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't move when I pray, you know, I'm just, I can't really get in that thing, it's not happening for me. That's one thing. But feeling judgmental toward yourself is religious, but it quickly becomes judgment toward other people. Because when we're stuck in a place of religion and we think, I need to do this, this, and this, we immediately start to think, other people need to do this, this, and this. And I saw them, they didn't do that. And I don't think that they're really living up to standard. And suddenly, we're like the Pharisees. Hey, and suddenly, we're just pointing out judgment in everyone. Now, we see this everywhere in the church. The church is full of this. It's full of people who want to say, oh, you know what? Have you seen that preacher? He wears $2,000 shoes. Whose business is it what shoes he wears? 
Can I just say it? Like, people who feel like they need to go around and call out the problem in someone else, the Bible says you're trying to get a a little tiny speck out of your brother's eye, but you've got a plank in your eye. Like, you need to just focus on you. And no one needs to do anything according to God, or at least of all according to you, to be right or to do something that how God's called them. It's just ridiculous. Now, I get really upset about this. I am, I am sort of have been in the past one to kind of get up in the comment section. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just a little bit of a, you know. So anyway, there's these, a lot of people online who they make it their business to criticize other preachers. Like they do podcasts on series by preachers to tell you how they're so incorrect and how they're so wrong. It gets me so wound up. Like there's nothing that winds me up more than that. Now, do I need to just step away and not be involved? Yes. Is that what I do? Not always. So every now and then, and I used, there was this one guy I used to follow and he just would rip into all the famous preachers. They're not doing this right. They're not doing this right. Like, and it just hurt me, man. Like you're pulling down the church. You're dividing Christians against one another. If you put your passion into sharing the gospel, people might get saved instead of leaving the church. Like it just gets me really upset. Anyway, so I sent him a message. So not public, okay? I'm not trying to, I'm not in the comp, just, I sent him a message and I was like prayerful about it. I was like, Lord, I think that I might be able to turn this guy. I will help him see the truth. So I'm like, listen, man, listen, I hear what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. I just, I want you to know that like, this is not right. Like you can't really, this is not God. Like he's, he doesn't do this. It's divisive. Like you're jesting and you're criticizing people for a laugh and a like, and it isn't, anyway, he did not accept that. You know, he starts throwing scriptures at me. And then I was just like, okay, I've got to block. I've got to get out of here. This isn't safe. He's going to screenshot my messages and put them out. I don't know. But you know, you've got to be careful what you say, but that, that whole notion. Now I don't comment anymore. I've been banned by my husband. I'm not allowed to comment on anything. You know, when they put up the thing, predictive text, I miss my, and then let your phone finish it off. I can't even comment on that. I'm not, comment, not commenting on anything. Just out here, just ghosting, and just, you know, I'm in the background. I'm looking. Don't you think I'm not looking? But I'm not commenting, all right? I'm just looking, and I'm scrolling on. Okay, but listen to this verse. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is speaking about the Pharisees. He says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest of income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. And here's where he says it. Blind guides, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. So he's saying you're filtering your water because you don't want to accidentally swallow something the size of a flea. Like, you know, this person, you know, they really should just, I feel like they're with their boyfriend and they're with their girlfriend and I don't know if they're living right, you know? I don't know if they're, you know, we just, I don't know about these kids in church. Are they really like reading the Bible? Are they like, we become judgmental. And while we're trying to sift out a gnat, we swallow a camel because we've missed it completely. We have completely missed looking at people the way God sees them. If we can't do that, how are people gonna do that for themselves? When broken people come in the door, Are they going to be received and welcomed by people who don't regard them according to the flesh? Or are they going to be seeing, oh, no, you know what? You really should clean that part of your life up. No, 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 stop doing that. You know, we never tell anyone to, like, stop doing this, stop doing that. We never say that. We never, ever say, hey, you need to change this. You need to change that. Stop doing drugs, blah, 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 blah. We don't do that. The Holy Spirit will say that to you. If we can love you and embrace you and give you a home and a place where you belong, 
God will speak to you and we trust that He will. We know that He will. But what's more important than you changing your lifestyle and stop this and stop that is you getting a revelation of who you are in Christ and getting a deep, deep knowing that you are righteous by your faith, not by your works. Come on, this gets me really fired up. So that scripture is 2 Corinthians 5. So now we regard no one from a worldly point of view. The worldly things that happen in our lives should not be at all how we regard each other. It should also not be how we regard ourselves. We should not regard people, some versions say, according to the flesh or from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, lifestyle choices, what you do on the weekend, where you're at in your heart. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. And if we believed that, it would not bother us if someone isn't maybe doing, you know, they're just a bit rude, they're still swearing, you know? It's not very Christ-like. They didn't offer, they didn't hold the door for me, they didn't say, hello, who cares? (laughs) Can we just regard people according to the Spirit? Can we just love on people and trust that God will be the one to convict them because that is what He does? Now, I think what we do sometimes in the church is we major in the minors. We major in the minors. So we make something major when it's actually minor. So we have to be very careful that when we're looking at people, when we make, hey, what do we want to talk about? What do we want to teach about? We want to teach about the things that actually are major, not the things that are minor. We don't, otherwise it becomes a set of rules people have to live by. And then you've lost, you're lost in religion now. Let the Holy Spirit speak to people. So my last point, what does freedom from religion look like? So what does it look like to walk as people who are completely free from religion? Why don't you stand to your feet? And Pastor Adam mentioned this last week. People are scared... And churches are scared to say, hey, you know, even if you change nothing in your life, you're still right in God's eyes. People are scared to say that because we think, oh, no, everyone's then going to go and live in sin, right? All the young people are going to sleep together and everyone's going to start taking drugs and we're going to just become some, like, worldly church where we just, we're all in the world and we say that we're right with God. That's what will happen. But, you know, it actually doesn't happen. That actually does I mean, it might, but it hasn't happened yet, so we're just going to keep doing this. Because so far, it helps people get set free. It helps people to understand who they are. And when you know who you are, you don't run to the world because you know it's empty. And just like we saw today with this girl, even in herself, she's having dreams like, this is empty, man. There's nothing out here for me. We don't have to say that to her. The Holy Spirit is saying that to her already. We don't have to go around with a list of rules. We have to show people who Jesus is and how He can change us from the inside out. Colossians chapter 1 Verse 21 says, Once you were alienated from God and we were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you. Now this isn't to present someone else, to present some really good Christian, to present someone who like reads their Bible every day, prays in tongues every day, to present you. So can we just take a minute to let this sink in for ourselves? to present you holy in His sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Man, that's powerful. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and you do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. It has not changed. The same gospel that you surrendered your life to Jesus through however many years ago is exactly the same now as it was then. You're just... 
as right in God's sight now as you were the day that you surrendered to Jesus. Nothing has changed. And just as you believe by faith, man, He's, he's got me. Like he, I'm saved, I'm set free. I'm not going to hell anymore, I'm going to heaven. As easy as it was to believe that, it should be to believe that the Holy Spirit wants to use you in a mighty way. He wants to pour His Spirit out on you. It isn't for the people on the stage. It isn't for the people who do all the fancy stuff. They pray more, they do more. It's for you. He wants to pour His Spirit out on you in such a mighty way. You know, we're not here to play church. We're not here to do a fun thing, woohoo, church, blah, 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 go home, high five, join a small group. We are here to change this city. And it's going to take a people who are filled with the Holy Ghost. An outpouring of His presence, of His gifting, of His anointing. It's going to take every single one of us to receive every impartation that He has for us. You don't have to do anything to earn that. Can I invite you to be part of what He is doing? You know what you have to do? Nothing. Just believe. Just step into it. Step into it now. Don't let the voice of the enemy that says, oh, but I've done this. You don't understand, Pastor. I've got a history. I've got a past. And you know what? I messed up on Wednesday night. And then I messed up on Friday. I don't care. Jesus died and He paid for your sin. Every sin you've ever had. Every sin you ever will have. All you have to do is walk in the faith that you are righteous. Step into His calling over your life. Come on, man. We can change Tauranga if we just rise up into who God called us to be. So I just want you to take this away this morning. The way that you took up your salvation, the way that you took up, man, I'm right in the sight of God. That is exactly how you take up every other thing He has for you. You just pick it up and you take it. And you don't let any voice of a person, of the enemy, of your past, of your parents, of your hurt, of the things that have held you back, none of them factor in. It is just a faith, the exact same way you believed you were saved, that God is still with you, that you are righteous, and that He is going to pour out a fresh anointing on your life. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hands to heaven this morning. If you just want to receive that, like, okay, Lord, Man, I just want to step in. I just want to step in to what you have for me. I don't want any part of me to be bound by religion, to be bound by the thought that I have to work hard or fast more or do more or pray more. We rebuke the voice of the enemy right now over everyone with their hands raised. Holy Spirit, we come before you as a people who are ready to receive your goodness, who are ready to receive an outpouring of your Spirit right now, God, over every hand raised. Would you just pour it out in Jesus' name? Would you over flow us with your presence. God, we just want to be vessels for your kingdom. Right now, Lord, all over this place, you're touching people. You're touching people. You're calling them into greater anointing. Lord, I speak dreams and visions, God, that you would make the plan known over every life, that, Lord, you would resurrect the prophetic words of the old days, that they would come back afresh, God, that you would just do a mighty work in every heart right now. Lord, we are so surrendered to what you want to do, God. We just surrender to your feet, Lord. We're just a people who just want our God to move in this city. We want to be vessels for people to find freedom in Tauranga, Lord. Would you use us? And we aren't trying to do anything fancy, God. We're just saying we're here, we're willing, and we're surrendered to you. Lord, just have your way. Have your way, Lord Jesus. I just feel there's some people here you've had 
something spoken over you. You've had like a promise, you've had a word and you've put it aside. You've said, nah, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think that was different. It was for a different season or a different time. I've missed out. I just really feel the Lord saying, you have not missed out. You are exactly where you need to be. The Lord says He turns all things to good for those who are called and who walk according to His purpose. You can step back in at any time. There is nothing standing between you and the plan and the purpose God has for you. The only thing is you. All you have to do is just say, yep, okay, Lord, I'm back in. I'm back in. I'm ready to surrender to you. And if there's anybody here and you don't know Jesus in that way, if there's anyone here, you haven't made that commitment to follow Him, you haven't surrendered your life to Him, or maybe you have a long time ago, but you feel like in your heart you've turned away from God, you feel like in your heart you've said, you know what, I don't know, I kind of want the world and ooh, I don't know. And right now where you stand, you're not 100% sure that Jesus is in you, that you have a walking relationship with Him. If there's anyone here who needs to recommit their life to Jesus, this is your moment. Don't let this moment pass you by. Don't wait for tomorrow or next Sunday. Do it now. Come back to Him now. He's calling you back. We hope you enjoyed this message. To get better connected to our church, visit our website at freedomcenter.nz.